This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinema, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. It's a very windy and cold day to be walking to the movies. Apologies for all audio issues. Right now, but thankfully, the moon is where it should be. It's very high in the sky. Can confirm. And it can, from from my calculations, it appears to not be about to crash into the the earth. Cause all manner of chaos. It's fun to go and see this movie because A, we love disaster movies and B, we both enjoyed the other movie about a comet coming to earth last month. Don't look up. Yes, which I feel is almost like don't mention the war because (laughs) that's, it's one of the most interesting and divisive movies. I I would, we watched it before we realised it had been so divisive yeah because it was like the and day we were it like, came out on Netflix and we were literally just watched that and we were like oh yeah that was fun and we <laughs> laughed throughout and thought that was pretty good that was um, fun we won't bother recording a like, podcast because it's just like on Netflix and it's Christmas and then, we, oh. then we went on Twitter and looked it up and it was like oh my god <laughs> this movie's like really Marmite um, but anyway, let's not get into that but uh, we're here for so uh, well that movie is kind of I would say a satire or, or it uses the conventions of a disaster movie to well to, to very point blank satirise you know uh, the, the uh, in, in, inefficiency of uh, modern society in dealing with climate change and, and you know many other issues it, it pokes fun at Moonfall looks to be just a using the, doing the same thing all the hallmarks of a disaster movie but just being a disaster right. movie for the sake of it which I'm actually is really fine. up for an I'm, unironic I'm up for an unironic take on something and I just want to watch a good disaster movie and he's like the king of disaster movies yeah so this is Roland Emmerich uh, if anyone who doesn't know he's yeah the king of disaster movies so you know he's got uh, writing and directing credits across things like Independence Day um, 2012 the day after tomorrow like all of the hallmarks of a disaster movie like the the, the ones 
that you kind of would define the genre, you know, he's got his name behind. So he he has very much earned his, his credits. However, I think the idea a of the moon falling to Earth is funny. I've not even seen a trailer, by the way. Right. I just I'm excited to see how they can possibly what they're going to do with it because it's very unique. Well, and what I like, what the reason I'm here for this is because it will take itself seriously. Yeah, that is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, because I'm more interested in that than watching a spoof of this I'm more way more interested in a movie that wants us to buy into this Same. so fingers um, crossed it's good and everyone on Twitter is wrong now the only issue is for us the last time we saw a Roland Emmerich movie was on this podcast and you can go back mm-hmm. it was one of the very earliest ones it was I remember it was the day we saw this movie Independence Day Resurgence was the day that we voted um, in the Brexit referendum with such hope <laughs> so if you want to go back and listen to the excitement in our voices after voting in the Brexit referendum and then seeing independ- in, weirdly Independence Day uh, resurgence and then Cathy walked out halfway through um, I can't speak to the movie because I actually didn't watch it all but I can say the first half was so bad so if you, if you can make it through all of Moonfall then it's a success I'm really disappointed that I didn't realise he made that movie You've just lowered my hopes. That was a dreadful movie. You've just lowered my uh, hopes. But fingers time. crossed, this is better. Why would you do that to me? I was <laughs> trying to temper movie. your expectations a bit, right? <laughs> I'm like, yes, Dan. The days of Independence Day are long behind us. Right, well, let's go. We'll see you afterwards. Right. Hopefully the moon won't have plummeted to Earth. Fingers it crossed. It will just be a, a mildly windy evening. Bye. Windfall would be a very different movie. I need you to be brave. If the moon really is what you think it is, suit up. You have got a big gravity wave coming your way. You have to launch now. Did he say gravity wave? We're underwater, guys. Uh, that's crazy. I hear hurricanes blowing. Well, let's slow down. What's the plan? Save the moon, save Earth. Brain, what are you doing? It's flying itself! Wait for it. Hi, we're back, we're out, we've seen Moonfall, and if it's your first time at the cinema, welcome. Welcome. We just want you to know you're safe here there are no spoilers because I know you're all worried about the big moonfall spoilers <laughs> <laughs> so the, this is uh, we'll start with our general thoughts and then we'll turn on to spoiler street with a big old warning because uh, it's hard to miss and that's when the spoilers will fall yeah they will flow they will hit the planet the <laughs> lunar collision of a force anyway got, anyway looks Basically, this movie's amazing. We really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, it's not good by any objectionable <laughs> measure, but uh, nonetheless... We had loads of fun. We had so much fun. Yeah, I want to say, like, what I really enjoyed about this movie is the audacity of such a plot, first of all. Fantastic. Yeah. The moon's coming to Earth. Great. Genuinely, I've never seen that as a plot point. Um, but it, in the, but if you think that is absurd, the movie's got way oh, more got absurdity way more under its skin. Like that, they're actually like <laughs> this warrants a spoiler warning because the third act goes where I wasn't expecting it to go. Yeah, um, it's it got all the beats of legitimately not what I was expecting. No, um, it's got all the beats of a disaster movie that I find kind of in a strange way like comforting and enjoyed watching. Um, one of the things I would say that like I know it's getting a lot of like flack from people who kind of don't love it but um, 
what I think it's missing, and I think a big problem with this movie is it's missing any character development. So, do you come here? Did you come to Moonfall for character development? No. Did you want? Did you, you want the characters to learn something, or did you want them to be? 2D cookie cutter non drawn out characters that are not only as thin as the paper they were written on but they are instantly identifiable from Roland Emmerich's previous work he basically cut he cut and pasted the conspiracy theorist from the day after tomorrow um, and the the ex-husband um, from the ex-husband from 2012 uh, no the current the, husband from 2012 cur- no but no I don't want a paper thin <laughs> character and I don't actually want a character development I just want to feel invested in a character like when I think about Independence Day like I'm very invested in Will Smith in that movie um, when I think of like Deep Impact there's a lot of characters like that I was like there was relationships that I was cared for in it and, this uh, movie uh, is I, lacking um, all of the hard li- all of the heavy lifting for caring about the characters in Independence Day were done by Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum and to a, probably a lesser extent, Bill Pullman. But, that, that, but like, there's no one doing that here, and it's not. No, that's like, because. Patrick Wilson is an actor I really enjoy. I think he's a great actor. And what he is giving in me in this movie is he's just um, Chris Pratt from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, he's he got is, given nothing. John Bradley, a.k.a. Um, Patrick Wilson, for reference, everyone, is just. Um, he's playing. His character is cookie cutter astronaut here. cowboy. It's also the start of um, that movie that you didn't see, but that Jared Butler one. Where he went to space. Oh, I'd love to have seen that. Jared Butler. This movie looks like it was that movie. The start of that movie, Jared Butler is the in the exact same physical like life and space and like everything as Patrick Wilson. So as a reminder, movie. this is the, 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 the there's a bit in the trailer of that movie which I can't remember what it was called where Jared Butler storms into a, like a trial hearing. Geostorm, yes, and he goes, uh, "I'm sorry, I was late." I had to come here from outer space. Yeah, it's that kind of... A, anyway, that's Patrick Wilson in this, so he's not given what to do. John Bradley... He rides a motorbike? Um, John Bradley... Is that a character? No, that's not a character point of view. That's what I'm saying. He's just Chris Pratt from Jurassic Park. John Bradley from Game of Thrones is good. He was Sam he's in Game kind of, of Thrones. The, he's the heart of the movie in this. He, and I and he, I say that as a he's charming actor, but his character isn't given much either, but at least there's a bit of a relationship. He elevates this, though. He's doing yeah. all the heavy lifting in and this And there's movie. at least some sense of a relationship with him and his mom that you can kind of care about. And then Halle Berry. I turned to Dave, because I've never even seen a trailer for this movie and actually didn't even know who was in it. And I turned to Dave at the start of the movie and said, she looks really like a young Halle Berry. <laughs> and Dave's like... That is Halle Berry. I cannot fucking believe how, how good is she, she looks. Fifty-five. She looks younger she, than me. She looks twenty-five. Was, now it, I think, to an extent, she has been bathed in a bit of soft light. I will say that much. She got the Jessica Fletcher she got touch the, up. The Hollywood star the, treatment. <laughs> However, um, her character again. Like she's, she's What's her fine. character? Her character yeah, is, like is she, astronaut, astronaut turned desk desk jockey. This is what I, I, know, I mean, astronaut turns desk jockey has a kid. Used to be married to this guy. They were in fact the power couple of like the American military because oh. he's like head of the military and she's like head of NASA. I can't wait. Like, to that's talk a cool about, power I couple. Can't wait to talk about him. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say except you should all see this movie. You shouldn't probably pay any money to see it. <laughs> but as soon as it's available for free, you should switch it on at the same exact moment that your brain switches off. <laughs> and you should just enjoy the complete lack of effort that was put in. No, but this is what what 
what is interesting to me about this movie is there is an extreme lack of effort in characters, right? And in the kind of the script. It's a but cut a and paste huge, job from his own movies. Yeah, but there's a huge <laughs> effort in the premise and the science. So, like, so, that's the, the bit that the I science. really enjoyed. Do like, you think there's science here? No, the premise and the, I'm not, I don't want to give away, but, like, yeah, the sure. premise and all the, the stuff that happens to make the moon fall and, like, all of that. Like, that's fascinating. And I think he was kind of so caught up in that cool idea of that, which is cool, that they just didn't pay attention to the stuff you need to make a movie good. Can I speculate as to the... And I have no idea about the background of this movie. But you go speculate. I'm going to wildly speculate as to the genesis of this movie. And this is how it goes. Cut to Roland Emmerich, 3am, his own house. And he's wildly scrolling the internet in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> he's gone down uh, some sort of anti- QAnon? anti-vax QAnon conspiracy fringe theory. Uh, suddenly he's down the rabbit hole suddenly it's uh, the Illuminati uh, <laughs> aliens uh, the Egyptians were aliens McCartney was replaced by a clone um, then he comes across a, a particular conspiracy theory that we won't spoil that we won't spoil but it's basically the, the premise of this entire movie <laughs> and then he, he sets pen to paper and comes up with a, a variety of wild and interesting characters to populate his his mad because because basically the the hero the Bradley um, what's his name uh, from Patrick Game of Thrones Pat, uh, oh, no, no the John Bradley John Bradley uh, his character he is a he he is the heart and soul of the movie yeah, he's, he's the one sweet. you get behind but he is a right wing fringe conspiracy nut that's who his character is like well, that's he's a fringe conspiracy this, nut we don't know what is sorry sorry are. yes I don't know uh, which wing he's on but the um, but I mean that is fundamentally the core of this movie with is, a fake doctor is like I'm a conspiracy theorist and maybe we should have listened to those people <laughs> right but maybe you know they what? were onto something Roland Emmerich was probably like I just want something really different for this movie guys let's just throw everything out the window start from scratch and build a kind of new character a new archetype let me think he's tall he's white he's muscly he's a divorced dad with a chip on his shoulder he likes to actually get underneath the car and fix it that way when he's angry he likes to come home and have beer he owes you know money on his rent he's sleeping through speaking engagements that he's supposed to be going to but he is the only man who can get us to space he's a bit of a wild card really a a loose cannon it's a fascinating character study you know on something we've never seen there's a line this isn't really a spoiler but, but there's a line where you know, it's like there's only we need this very specific set of skills, but there's nobody could do that. And it's like one man can. <laughs> and it's just like we need you to fly this jet with no power. You're the only one who's ever done it. We need. Um, <laughs> uh, we should get to spoilers. Come yeah, on. let's just go to spoilers, guys. Anyway, we enjoyed it, but like, is, take it with a pinch of salt. So much fun, but not. But it, but let's admit we had a load. We're of laughing this. at it. But not we had a load of fun. We were in the mood for it, but like we have to acknowledge that but the I, movie does not have good humor and does not have good characters. It doesn't have really good anything. It, some of the special Looks effects are good. okay. Yeah. It does look pretty solid. I was very interested it's, in the gravity waves and that kind of stuff. I like, gotta, that was cool. I gotta say though, I mean, we're being a bit, you know, facetious about it, and we were laughing at it because it's just lazy and yeah, boring, and you've seen things. it a thousand times before. But really, I genuinely did have a really fun time at the cinema, and I think you did too. Yeah. And I think. There's a there's um a, there's a comforting sort of warm blanket feeling to watching this just a conventional genre yeah. movie and it is just ticking every 
a box on the convention tree as it falls off it. It is not interested in um, mixing things up. This is, and no, that's, what, and I kind of admire mixing things up. But that it is, it's it's mixing things up in terms of like what the natural disaster is. But it's on the other hand being very lazy with character development, you and could, that's pretty like not even development just like any sort of character at all like that's pretty inexcusable but it's also is it inexcusable or is it admirable I'm kind (laughs) of I'm kind of on the side of like Roland Emmerich is 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 kind of a genius Um, he has as we said at the top right he basically like invented this genre did it to death so much it became um, like a template for parody and satire has been done to death. This movie came out after Don't Look Up. Like, how can you? How could you have a, a, like a movie after, as I said, like twenty years of parodying the disaster genre movie, and still have a, have um, characters in this who are military people saying, "No, let's nuke the moon." I mean, nuking the moon is the best <laughs> idea I've ever personally We've got to nuke the moon to the point where, uh, towards the end, Dave and I were like, nuke "But the, the moon, movie nuke is the, moon. the movie is looking you down down the screen, <laughs> dead seriously, like." The mil- we have to nuke the moon like it's not a joke and to me I kind of have a lot of respect for Roland Emmerich that he can in the face of you know decades of this this uh, formula being being ripped apart and made fun of he will still just go back and do the exact same thing and that takes courage yeah but do the we need the kind of courage like a- that hotshot astronaut Patrick Wilson has in buckets but like come on like I just would have thought we'd have slightly moved on from like we need the earth's one and only saviour to be a tall white straight cisgendered muscly divorced hot motorbike driving dad are you accusing Roland Emmerich of not being up to date enough with the time <laughs> well he's certainly up to date with conspiracy theories <laughs> um, and honestly it was a joy to have Halle Berry on screen only because I now live in wonder it was lovely it was a lovely reminder of what Halle Berry looked like 25 years ago because it was the same <laughs> she has um, the only difference is she used to have short hair now she's long hair it's literally yeah. the only difference um, um, but right we need let's to get go to spoiler, spoiler street because yeah, that's where the good stuff is I hope that you've all watched Moonfall because no what is wrong with you we're on um, spoiler street now do you know what I would say from what I've seen around uh, box office numbers after a quick google no one's seen this don't movie. think a lot of people are we have the seen only people movie? who saw it well, there was about, what, four people There's in our four screen? Four other people. We should talk to them. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening to this. Um, so, uh, spoilers for Moonfall. Uh, so, firstly, big spoiler. The moon is falling towards the Earth. Yeah. Right, that's happening. Um, the only thing that can stop it is a last-ditch attempt to launch a space shuttle into space with no power. But only one man can do that. But why again? Because the things are that are attacking the making the Earth fall to Earth, the Moon fall to Earth, are triggered by electricity. No, the a- okay. So the look, well, there a- this fucking whatever. There's an evil alien. Oh, alien tech. Nanotech on yeah, the yeah. Moon, right? Even the as you're trying to describe it, I can't describe it. It's like when you actually say the words out loud. Also, why evil- did Patrick Wilson always blame himself for the death of his colleague in the opening scene? It like had nothing to do with him. Basically, okay. I, it's like, I, have the no, alien I have no idea. Well, I enjoyed the stuff of him being disgraced from NASA, by the way. I wish we'd dwelt more on that. Th- look, this movie is so... Um, this movie is like you could... Every decision or every, some, some of the characters that exist within it, you can all trace them backwards because they had to get to a point where why is... like <laughs> As a screenwriting challenge, Roland Emmerich and his writing partners 
Like they're obviously like We need Patrick Wilson Harry Halliberry, And John Bradley To be piloting A space shuttle <laughs> To stop the moon But wh- how do we get there So And then they just set A series of of like contrivances and I mean very poorly like thought out contrivances the Halle Berry bit was like so we meet Halle Berry and it's like she just got married but she missed her honeymoon because she's in space next scene she's divorced 12 years later (laughs) okay like we get why Patrick Wilson's life fell apart because he like blew their life savings and like remortgaged his house trying to take NASA to court but like Halle Berry bit I didn't really get Um, we we have to say I don't know if it's a spoiler or not so we didn't say it before spoiler street Donald Sutherland is apparently in this movie. He wheels up and he literally arrives in a wheelchair in one yeah. scene, speaks for a minute and wheels I, off I, again. I believe for the only the only reason he, he was in a wheelchair is because Donald Sutherland refused to get refused up. Refused to get up. Yeah. yeah, he said I'm I'm going I want to do the minimal amount of effort. He definitely wasn't in the room with Halle Berry either. I'd say he was actually in his house. <laughs> so we put him in a wheelchair, put him in front of a green Why screen. Why is he in this movie? Let him film his bit and he probably got a million dollars. And like far, fair play to And you. also sorry, he's also playing a sort of uh, fringe conspiracy theorist <laughs> but from within the system. Well, he's not a so, fringe conspiracy theorist. He's witnessed the videos that the, that NASA's the, trying he's to the quell. Key link to the conspiracy but theory. But they're kind of positive that NASA has known the whole time that the moon has got this crazy shit hollow. going on. The moon is hollow. NASA didn't know it's got that. Aliens though. in NASA it. NASA knew that there was this big problem with. They knew that what Patrick Wilson said happened in space really happened. They started a mission trying to figure out what it was, and then they were like, "Fuck that! We're doing budget cuts." <laughs> now <laughs> yeah. we are watching and have. Well, we're obsessed with *For All Mankind*, right? Yeah. We've watched the first two seasons on Apple TV Plus and are like desperate for season three. It's hard. It's really We're NASA hard. Experts. It's really hard to watch that show then come back to that's this. What, I'm like, we've watched like a, so that, much. That was a, that's the kind of crash landing that Pat, hotshot astronaut Patrick Wilson wouldn't have allowed. But we genuinely think we're moon experts from watching For All Mankind. Yeah. Think? So, I mean, Slash we are. no. Um, so basically watching this, I found highly enjoyable coming off the back of For All Mankind. I have to say, they're like an interesting yeah. companion piece. Apparently, I mean, I, I've, I've, the, I've, um, haven't delved into the uh, what real, real life scientists think of moonfall science. But I have seen <laughs> some tweets <laughs> claiming that, believe it or not, some of this is not complete nonsense. But apparently, um, apparently, all the stuff which is very entertaining, admittedly, about the moon, you know, coming so close to the Earth that it affects the like reverses gravity and some of, a lot of that just is apparently nonsense it or the moon would have cool. broken up by but then they didn't dwell enough on that it was like oh there's gravity waves like the stuff where cars are jumping across mountains like because gravity was helping them I really enjoy that I think he could have spent a bit more time on that stuff well really I mean it was just like why did we have all those characters on planet earth they were so pointless like the your man's son who gets saddled with her son it was an attempt at emotional weight but it just fell flat and yeah. then this is what I mean by like writing the, the plot backwards they start this, the movie with him going to jail for like robbing a car and speeding really fast really just so they can justify why he's such an amazing driver while he's driving <laughs> away from the moon later like why else have that so he's, not, he's driving and, toward the moon he's for, using the gravitational pull yeah, oh yes of course um, science and the but the, for me the, the biggest contrivance and, and the most ridiculous one was 
Right, guys, this is it. We've got this last-ditch mission. We've got whole, the whole of the world is behind this. No, wait, no, just America. Okay, the whole <laughs> of NASA is behind this. We've got the weight of everybody. No, not the military. They're going to nuke the moon. Okay, right, so we've got a skeleton crew with the head of NASA, the last people who are here who haven't looked after their families. We're going to do the... Oh, shit, the engine went... Okay, just go home, everyone. We're going to leave this one. It's not going to work. Okay, bye. Wait. They literally said, wait. everyone, go back to your family. Time to go back to your family. But wait, hang on. Wait a second. What if we just fucking fly it to the moon with two engines? Oh, no, everyone's gone home. Oh, I guess it's just the three of us. Let's do this. And then the and guy from Game of Thrones goes to space is like, sorry, can it... Can I? Could I just get in a spacesuit now and go to space? Is that how it works? This is what I mean. It's just like they needed those three main characters to be in that spaceship. And this is the fucking bullshit they came up with. But they didn't want to make them look so evil that they've completely abandoned their family. So it's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry. No, emotional goodbye. Because you've all seen Greenland and there's bunkers. And (laughs) they're all just getting to the bunker. But there's no kind of even dissection of some of the interesting stuff that you have in like Don't Look Up where it's like, yeah, but like, let's acknowledge the privilege I'm, these guys going to a bunker. I'm actually, yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It's not interested in, in addressing any. It's very anything. interesting companion to Don't Look Up as well, which we won't spoil. But like, they're they're actually very fascinating to view as films that have come out within a month of each other. And here, here for me is the biggest difference between uh, Don't Look Up and this. This isn't a big spoiler, right? For this, for Don't Look Up, but there, you know, the, the whole premise of Don't Look Up is, you know, there's a there's a, there's a, a, a planet destroying incident about to happen. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are the scientists involved. So they're the the sort of analogue for John Bradley's character here. And they go on national television. They're screaming about this. They see the president and nobody is paying it any attention because of the media and the news cycle. And it's like nobody really cares. right? And then misinformation. In In this movie... John Bradley's character tries something similar. He's like, "Pay attention, guys! Look at the data." Goes on Reddit or and something. And then his uh, his um, um, uh, elderly mother says to him, "Sometimes, love, you just have to make them listen." <laughs> and and then the next scene we cut to, um, the news interrupts. This is this is what happens: a news bulletin on TV, which is where everyone gets their news these days, by the way. Um, a news bulletin on TV is like, we interrupt this program. The moon is going to crash into the, the earth. We've got this due to an anonymous source. So suddenly, like, his thing has got exploded. Like, how did he do it? Can I make a counterpoint? And then, no, it turns out the reason, how did he do it? Is he went on social media. That's what we're told. So we're told, we're just, in an offhand comment, I didn't think my thing would explode and everyone would listen on social media. It's like, Can so, I we're, make a so we're to believe, sorry, that... A right-wing conspiracy theorist went on social media with a ream of data and convinced the world... That, for me, is more unbelievable that, um, than the moon hitting the Earth. Dave, are you kidding me? I need to make a counterpoint. Okay. The world we live in. Right-wing conspiracy theorists on Facebook and fucking Reddit get more news time than actual scientists talking about COVID. Yes, but my... Like, in in our world we live in at the moment, the irony is that your man on Reddit, the fake doctor, with his stupid data that he's been nicking, pretending to... Total another story where he somehow is broken into NASA, (laughs) is pretending to be a cleaner and stealing data from the NASA computers. Um, That genuinely, to me, is not surprising that he is more believed 
by said conspiracy theorist no, than okay. actual scientists like but you don't he, No, sorry. Here's the thing. I totally agree with you. He would find a voice. He would get huge, like, like sways of people behind him. What he wouldn't get is the entire mainstream media interrupting news bulletins. I know. And yeah. belie- that's, that's what that's I'm saying. Ridiculous. Suddenly the entire world is just bought into it because but it I think has the thing be. is NASA was right behind him on the data so NASA immediately corroborated it. I'm like, yeah, but NASA, you're the same people who kicked Patrick Wilson out of NASA and sued him and buried all his evidence of this activity so why are you suddenly copping to it? Like, Why is there so much in this movie? I just think we haven't even talked about the, the, you have the, to nuke the, the moon. human alien ancestors and the flashback to ah, their nanotech so si- alarm clocks. That, and- no, that was the bit with like, as much as I enjoyed all the kind of third act and the nonsense science, I was like, come here, when Patrick Wilson went into like a dream state and Sorry. his brain was told all about the like the entire history of mankind. That's my point. It's like, why through, does um, he... Through a familiar... Why um, is Patrick Wilson the vector for this information? He's like our messiah. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, he couldn't have been the most basic fucking man on the planet. But also the way that was presented um, with the AI showing itself as your nearest and dearest is so cliched now to the point we've had contact... You know, we've had a rival. Like, this is, again, Roland Emmerich not copying and pasting his own work in that instance, but other people's work. But it felt really trite because, like, particularly with Patrick Wilson and his son, like, we effectively never even saw them in a scene together. So, like, no, how why am I supposed, supposed to care? To, if anything, also, it should have been actually Halle Berry talking to him. And also, they, they, they introduced that son, like, halfway through the movie. They just talked about him. No, and we then, met him as a kid watching yeah, his dad on Yeah, but I mean, come on, he wasn't really a character. <laughs> and then suddenly he's our emotional investment yeah. as he drives across a world that's about to be destroyed like kind of having a will they won't they with a, a nanny no but it who, wasn't even a will they won't they they didn't even give them that like, why yeah but why, but they were trying the movie half-heartedly but kind that's of what I'm saying. half serves that do up do it or don't towards do the it end. And, and then, then that whole side plot of them like getting oxygen from like also, why is that why is that nanny still doing her job in like in, like the NASA people are being sent home in, okay I'm this- sorry Dave if I was a nanny and very luckily the moon's about to hit the earth and everyone's about to die I'm the nanny to the head of NASA's son and I get to go to a bunker and I also have a relationship with that son am I going to A. abandon him go into that bunker or B. abandon the bunker no I'm on I'm staying with that son but sorry can can we rewind (laughs) yes a good point can we rewind a bit because you brought up Greenland which is another interesting um, one to bring up because that's we did an episode on that uh, a year or two ago and that is, for all intents and purposes, on the outside, looks like a similar move. This is, and, and kind of is. It it's has so all better, the conventions of a disaster movie. But that's what I was going to say. It is significantly better because it, it, it does what you pointed out at the top of this episode that this movie does not do well is character, right? It focuses on character. Jared Butler actually acts. Um, like Ma- you're like, Monica you uh, Bar- get- Barakin. You want um, them to get reunited with their kid. In this movie, it's actually not even a question. There's never a question they won't be reunited with their kids. Exactly. They're just parallel plots that you know how they That end. movie felt like I... There was a, there's a few moments in that movie where I uh, felt like I had to turn it off. Yeah. I was so anxious. Um, so, I, so that movie... It, these movies can stick by a formula and do something different and more interesting. And that's a great example of it. This movie's not interested in that. But it's still immensely entertaining. This movie's like, get to the moon, avatar, dream people. And let's spend a good (laughs) ten minutes there. I think the other bit of audacity, which I have to take my hat off to Roland Emmerich for, is the end of this movie seems to be saying, sequels? Question mark? (laughs) Does that? Um, I think so, because it's like, it sets up this huge, epic sort of backstory. um, And then 
it brings your man back as an AI and then um, you know what's his name who dies oh um, yeah Sam, Sam from Game of Thrones <laughs> and and um, and then the AI says to Sam I brought you back and now it says something like now now the, the real, real work, work begins, begins. Yeah. and I'm like sequels but also I'm Moonfall like, trilogy so the real what, what are we is- thinking Moonfall Skyfall Moonfall Space, Spacefall I don't know But like surely Solar the work is fall? clearing up the Like the earth's been destroyed The earth's completely destroyed by what just happened There's no victory Like it felt so hollow you know At Just the like end, the moon Yeah because hollow is the moon It just felt like Okay so these people that we have no connection to whatsoever And don't care about are still alive but like I'm like what hap- What about the rest of the world this is a terrible tragedy this isn't it didn't have the ring of victory to it that again yeah. at the end of these movies when you say the you rest want of the to world feel... I don't understand do you mean the America because <laughs> there's America what, sorry what are you referring to I'm surprised we didn't get the kind of shots or maybe we didn't I was zoned out of like ooh the Eiffel Tower being because it's like steel or whatever going up yeah. magnetised <laughs> yeah they didn't even bother with the, the perfunctory sort of yeah they're doing their own thing like, over usually there you'd expect at the very least Sydney <laughs> Opera House Eiffel Tower Taj Mahal Great Wall of China like even even Independence Day had the had this sort of common sense for Bill Pullman's incredible speech to be broadcast around the entire world <laughs> which then was the call to arms that everyone else had been kind of waiting for but didn't you know? they say something like that China or someone was willing to help them with the launch there was a reference to some other superpower uh, there was a the European Space Agency were going to help someone got a reference yeah. maybe but then but look at, we just need a Patrick Wilson but then really we've got to nuke the moon the other and that's the other thing sorry can we talk about that general the general the debate the inner monologue of the general who pulls a gun in the <laughs> nuke room and he's like no fighting in the war room and he, and he pulls a gun my ex-wife like, is up there <laughs> my ex-wife is up there and she deserves a shot but she I deserves thinking, a shot at shouldn't this. Shouldn't we have told them sooner? Because I yeah. was actually very comforting for the people down on Earth to know that, like, Should, fucking hell, someone's doing shouldn't something. Shouldn't told like. them incredibly sooner? <laughs> like, at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. He was outrageous. But no, honestly, I think nuking the moon is a really good strategy and that, like, one we should all look into. It kind would have of worked. In general life. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think there's no way that would in any way bounce back. <laughs> Given the moon was, like, what, a quarter of a it mile? Like right there. You could almost touch it. <laughs> Nuke it. <laughs> Nuke it. What a... <laughs> uh, that was great life. I want awareness. Nuke the moon like, to be on a t-shirt. when you've got two generals standing there with their hands on keys and one is turning it already to Nuke the moon, like, something's and gone And the other one is drawing his gun. <laughs> I mean, that's drama. That is relatable down-to-earth drama. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, great crack to talk about. And actually on our Patreon this month, leading up to Moonfall, because we're all such big fans of disaster movies, we did a poll and Jurassic Park won, and we've just watched it and released the episode. And uh, a very different quality of... of uh, <laughs> Of disaster movie, one might better. say. So, patreon.com forward slash the cinema to listen to our Jurassic Park episode. Um, and we're about to do a new retro movie review over there. And we've just done a lot of TV stuff and just like that. And uh, yellow jackets and loads of other stuff. Yeah, chatting about loads of other things. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Hope it's you enjoyed Moonfall, though I'm guessing most people who are still listening haven't seen it and don't care. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And that's probably, that's totally cool. <laughs> I think I think we've conveyed the plot pretty well. So. Also, um, you probably get out more than us, so you probably actually don't think this is the best night of the fucking week for you to go and see Moonfall for two hours. No, we loved it. <laughs> you can watch it again. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Yes. Hang on! I'm gonna get you home!
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.